Today's sermon is titled, A Morning Ritual. But first I'd like to say good morning, everyone. Thank you for being with me here as we start the day together. As with every morning, mine begins with a sense of gratitude. Today finds me in absolute awe of all that goes into the Zoom version of our services and deepest appreciation for Dan Davis's technical skills and patience, along with the work of our secretary, Denise, Glenda, who has held my hand along today's journey, and to Brenda and Gina, you are perfect. So we begin. Please all close your eyes. Take a nice, slow, deep, cleansing breath. Draw it into your body, feeling it flow and fill and travel throughout your cells, working its way into lungs and heart, now to belly and thighs, all the way to your toes. Now, exhale equally slowly, feeling yourself consciously empty gradually returning your breath to the universe, making you one with it, one with the nature of spirit. Ah, revel in your breath as you reopen your eyes once more. Revel. Now, now I offer you an invitation. Please, won't you come take a shower with me? And yes, crazy as it sounds, I am asking you to share in what for me has become a sacred morning ritual. But first, some explanation. About 20 years ago, I was introduced to this book many of you are familiar with, The Secret Messages of Water by Masaru Emoto. It appeared everywhere and all at once, books, calendars, mugs, it was almost inescapable. It was recommended to me by the instructor of a Reiki course I had been. The concept that water absorbed and reacted to, the energy around it, was impactful. I thought about various aspects of the concept. Yes, it was a new age thing and as such suspect. But my own concepts of religion and God or spirit, or however you wish to think of it, we're on a renewed journey at this point in my life. My religious life began in earnest as a young teenager in my beloved New England UU church. Civil rights marches, and finding a way out of Vietnam were at the heart of our services. A church that believed a moral person showed spirituality by living one's beliefs and values. In other words, putting them into action. This was impactful for me. Ours was a small, tightly knit congregation. At the helm was our venerated and deeply loved Reverend B. Picture Alfred Hitchcock as a 1960s political activist. Later, when I went off to Boston for college and visited the huge church on Boylston Street, I left feeling overwhelmed out of place, and to an extent abandoned. I began to feel that perhaps the UU Church was not for me after all. 
I started to seek out a myriad of books, the autobiography of a yogi, the Bhagavad Gita, Be Here Now, to list but a few. With friends, I explored and then fled from the newly established cult of Scientology, went to introductory meetings of EST, and shared food at various Hindu communes. This girl was on a quest to seek truth in all its forms. After marrying my first husband, a man with no interest in religion of any kind, truth-seeking was abandoned. Not until many years passed did I begin to renew these interests. Along with the massage classes, I did the first two levels of Reiki training. That was my spark. My second husband was far more open philosophically. Together we read, we explored small chapels, and increasingly more esoteric pursuits. My view of the spiritual began to expand as a result. I began to think of the word God as a term of convenience, to reference that which is unknowable, undefinable. However, I came to my own understanding. While the Bible refers allegorically to man as having been created in God's image, the only possible way for me to interpret this would be for God to be another name for that universal life force energy spoken of in Reiki. Energy. And what kind of energy? For me, this translated then and now into the duality of light and love. We are atoms and electricity arising from light and love. Yes, this is a God I could embrace but I needed still more. And I discovered the key, my key, in my very own little home. Which returns me to that communal shower you were all just invited to. Some 15 years ago, I was in the shower when I experienced that great aha moment. We were poor, no car, no phone, no means of connecting with our friends either. We were in the deep isolation that poverty brings. Thinking of this as the water rushed over me, through my hair mingling with soap, being taken into and out of my pores before swirling down the drain, I finally understood its power. The same divine element. Oops, excuse me for just a moment. A divine element just interrupted and moved my script. Yay. Yay, thank you all. So I finally understood the power. This same divine element that had washed over around and through me was being carried off to merge with all water everywhere, from every other drain everywhere from rainwater, some evaporating and returning to rivers, lakes, and to the oceans. Eventually, it would return to nourish, to cleanse, and to heal all bodies again and again, to renew all life, as it always has done since time immemorial. Emoto's book had ignited this new understanding for me, this revelation, the precious element that we take for granted and abuse and pollute 
which makes up 60% of the human body and up to 90% of that of other creatures, connects each and every one of us through its own energy. And so then this has become my morning ritual, spoken in awe and with gratitude as I say thank you to my God of light and love for the miracle of water, which daily unites me with all beings everywhere. Those who are with us now, those who have passed on before us, and those who will come after us in this Zen-like unity of good and bad and all souls in between, I take comfort in the great continuum of life. This kept me going through the hard times of my husband's illness and eventual death. The comfort of that knowledge, that continuum, Reverend Alice refers to as the web of life, it was my sustenance in those pained days. It also, I believe, led me to open to the next drop of water, of connectedness. It gave me permission. No, it demanded that I move forward in life. In so doing, it rewarded me with a new but very different relationship with Dick. Together, we spoke of needing community. Together. This is where I get teary. We found you all. And I, at last, found my way back to my roots, back to my UU home. Now, in wrestling with sermon ideas, and there were many, the nature of the times, the uncertainty that has come, the norm on multiple levels, many topics arose for me. Isolation, fear, racial equality, LGBTQ rights, the state of our environment all came up individually and at various times. I was profoundly moved by Glenda's observations of life stores and the individual journeys of all the summer speakers, each one setting an even higher bar than the last. You were all such hard acts to follow. Finally, being awash in ever more depressing news cycles, increasing numbers of deaths and illness, and isolation, mostly the isolation. It was time to reach down into my soul to find the theme of unity in our common humanity. These are trying times, but they are cleansing times too. They offer us an opportunity to pull together as one massive healing energy, an opportunity to cleanse ourselves of hate and discord and to replace it with loving light. Hate may encourage hate, but love begets love and has far more power. So, in the spirit of traditions that range back through the millennia, from ritual washing to baptism to water deities, spanning the religious and spiritual spectrum. It is in the spirit of these things I close by inviting each one of you to understand that when the next time you shower, you are not there alone. You bathe in the universe of eternal light and love.
blessed be, and amen.